God, you are welcome in this place this morning. God, we welcome you in this place this morning. And you, you, you are welcome in this place this morning. No, really, you, each one of you, specifically you, you are welcome in this place this morning. If it feels strange to you, you are welcome here. If it feels uncomfortable to you, you are welcome here. If you love it here, you are welcome here. If you are celebrating this morning, you are welcome here. If you are resisting this morning, you are welcome here. If you are questioning this morning, you are welcome here. If you are not sure what it is you're feeling, you are welcome here. This is a place where you are welcome for God is welcome in this place. Radical hospitality. I was given this topic to preach on for this first of a five-part series, and I thought, well, that's great. Here we go, you ready? God loves all of you. You are all welcome in this place. All right, amen. That's it. There's no reading between the lines. There's no see the footnote on page 12. There's no, unless you happen to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, poor, of a different race, a different culture, sick, old, young, infirm, unsure, uncertain, unagreeable, unwilling, there's no footnotes. There are no exceptions. You're welcome here. So there you go. There's the sermon. Huh? And so, we love that sermon, but I like to talk a little more than that, and God and I have been talking, so I'm going to go ahead and move into plan B. So plan B is this, hospitality at its root, at its core, is about welcoming the stranger. And so for this morning, I actually want us to engage in the practice of radical hospitality. I'm going to ask you to let this be strange to you this morning and welcome it anyway. What I mean by that is, whatever you think you already know about this message, I'm going to ask you to let it go. And what you think you may be familiar with, with this scripture, I'm going to ask you to just let it go. I'm going to ask that you let this be new to you again for the first time so you can come and meet God fresh this day and welcome God in. Welcoming the stranger, let it be strange. The Arabs used to say, when a stranger appears at your door, feed him for three days before asking who he is, where he's come from, where he's headed. That way, he'll have strength enough to answer, or by then you'll be such good friends, you don't care. Let's go back to that. Rice, 
pine dance? Here, take the red brocade pillow. My child will serve water to your horse. No, I was not busy when you came. I was not preparing to be busy. That's the armor everyone put on at the end of the century to pretend they had a purpose in the world. I refuse to be claimed. Your plate is waiting. We will snip fresh mint into your tea. This poem entitled Welcome by Naomi Shahab Nye opens the space here today of something that has been enduring and true from ancient times. This practice, this sacred value of welcoming the stranger, of being hospitable, can be found in every culture, in every land. There are rituals and sacred texts and practices. There are proverbs and admonitions, all of which lead to this particular understanding. When someone comes to your door, open it and let them in and give them what you can. And after a while, you may know them as friend. In the ancient Greece, we would experience together if we were in this home and a stranger was walking by the door, we would all know that what we would do is we would throw open the door to our dwelling place. And we would say, come in. And as they came to the place where we live, we would first bend at their feet and wash them. We would relieve the weariness and the dirt of their traveling. And then we would get for them food and drink, things that we ourselves are nourished by, what we had to give, and we would share it with them so they too could be fed. And then, after these things were done, we might ask them their name. This was an understood tradition and practice, this understanding of welcoming in the one who is at the door, who is strange to us, has been honored for a long time. In ancient India, they even had a name for the practice of radical hospitality that could be translated this way. The stranger is God. You see, the practice of welcoming the stranger was available for a lot of reasons, most of which had to do with providing life making a way for life. See, it's not the superficial, hi, how are you, nice to see you, not really, but I'm gonna smile at you anyway, kind of hospitality that we tend to practice in this day and age. This was a practice that was deeply rooted in making a way for people to literally survive and make their way in the world. We understand this when we think back. There was not preserved food that could be thrown in the back of a vehicle that could take us quickly to where we needed to go. We would be traveling by foot or by beast with things that needed to be cared for and tended, our feet and the beasts and the food provisions that we had. 
it was not likely we could go any distance without somebody making a safe space for us and helping us to renew our resources. This was standard. And if I was to live and to move and have my being, then I surely needed to understand that I too had to make a way for you to live and move and have your being. This is the ground of this radical hospitality, but not the least of which we discover there's this understanding within all these cultures and traditions. We're familiar with it in our own Hebrew texts and the Christian texts as well, that there was a belief that in welcoming the stranger, surely we might also find we would be welcoming also, anybody know? Angels unawares. You know the saying, welcome the stranger at your door, for you might be welcoming angels unaware. Jesus even makes reference to this as he's speaking to those who would follow in his path, and he says to them, here is the way that we journey this path of the gospel. We feed and we give to those in need. We make a way for those who are hungering and thirsting. This is what we do, and if we do it not, Beware, for the day may come where I might come to you and say, I came to you and you gave me no food, and I was thirsting and you gave me nothing to drink, and you will say to me, Lord, teacher, friend, rabbi, when was it that you came to us? And we did not feed you, and we did not give you anything to drink, and Jesus said, as often as you do it to the least of these, you do it to me we might be welcoming angels or Jesus unaware. The stranger is indeed God. The stranger is God. This sermon that we could be talking about but aren't, about welcoming everybody, has to begin somewhere. It begins here. The stranger is God. Will we welcome God? I want to tell you a story. This is the story I will use to open this message and open this text. I need it, if you can, to be as fresh and open and new for you as it can be. Before I tell you the story, which is true and happened only last week, I want you to release everything you think you already know about how you feel about children. I'm gonna tell you a story that involves children, but it's not about children. It's about you. It's about me. It's about us, for we are children of God. But in order for you not to distance yourself from the story by thinking you're already familiar with children, I'm gonna ask you to release whatever it is you think you know about your feelings about children, about children themselves, whether you find them irrelevant and irritating and not part of your life at all, whether you find them dear and delightful and you'd give everything you have for the children in your life, whatever it is, leave it be. The story involves children, but it's about you and us. Last week, I had the privilege and joy of serving in our children's ministry that is taking place even now in the activities building. And as I was spending time with the children, my great joy was to celebrate communion with them. 
And so I took the communion elements and I sat down in the chair and put the table right next to me and the chairs of the children went out in a nice kind of square U shape like this room without the part in the middle. And the kids were all sitting along and facing the stage area with the cross behind and I sat in the middle and I said, come closer. And they looked a little uncertainly and they scooted a little bit. I said, no, come closer. And they scooted a little more. I said, come closer. And then they were going and scooting and it was almost like bumper cars and all the chairs up, 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 close, all in the middle. I said, this is what Jesus did. He said, come closer. And then, how many of you eat bread? Or something like bread? <laughs> something close to bread, and they all raise their, how often do you eat it? Almost every day we eat bread, crackers, crackers, yes, almost every day, bread, crackers. Well, Jesus took the bread. He said, this is my life. I'm giving it to you. Just like you eat bread every day, I'm with you every day. As often as you eat this, remember, I am with you every day. Remember me. And how many of you get thirsty? How often? How often do you get thirsty? How often do you drink something when you're thirsty? Oh, every day. Every day, that's right. So Jesus lifted the cup. He said, every time you're thirsty, I want you to understand, this is my love, everything I have given for you. Every time you drink of this, remember always, when you need something, I love you. I am there. Remember me. Every day, always, I am with you. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus means, because Jesus loves you always and every day. And I want you to take that communion, I want you to pass it to each other, and all you do is just take that bread and you dip it in and you give it to each other, and you just say, God loves you. It's lovely, isn't it? It's a beautiful image. And they started to move it around, and there went that communion. God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, until it got to Mr. whose name is Cody, who I adore. And his little friend went to go give him the communion. God loves you, Cody. I said, that's okay. I took his communion, I ate it. I said, God loves you anyway. You go right ahead and pass it on. Well, a few more people, and then it came to the next little mister. I don't like it. That's okay, I'll eat yours too, and God loves you anyway. Keep going, God loves you every day, always. Gets down to the little miss. What is it? What's it taste like? Tastes a little like dry bread. I don't want any. That's okay, God loves you. I eat it anyway, keep it going. So at the end, we had everybody being loved by God, some people eating the bread and the juice. And I said, that's all right, whenever you want some, if you ever want some, God loves you every day, all the ways, anyway. And so I took the rest and I was finishing it up and cleaning it up and sitting on the edge of the stage. Next thing you know, here comes Mr. Cody. So, what is it? It's like bread, dry little crackery stuff. Can I have one? Yeah, you can have one. Dips it in, starts, mmm. Tastes like paper. 
little bit. Can I have another one? Okay. Yeah. Can I have another one? Pretty soon, chips and dip. Just sitting there. Pretty good. So we're sitting there, and he's oh, pretty good. And here comes other Mister. Gets up on the stage. What's it taste like? Here, have one. It's pretty good. He starts. Can I have another one? <laughs> yes, you can have another. Can we eat it all? You can eat it all. Here comes little Miss, getting up in the action. She comes on over. Mmm, I don't like that. It's pretty good. You should try it. So she's dipping and eating. Oh, I don't know. So pretty soon they're just, oh, 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 we're just hanging there and they're eating the rest of the communion wafers and all the things. And it gets down and all of a sudden, Mr. Cody's reaching for the last one. There's one left. And all of a sudden he pulls his hand back. He says, oh, no, that's okay. You have it. He's all in me already. Okay, so this story is so amazing. I can't even believe that God blessed me with this experience last week and called it forward for our message today. But I actually want us not to stay on how cute it is and drop in. The story's about the kids, but it's not about the kids. It's about us. Okay. It's a story about radical hospitality is what it is. But we need to get there. And so I just want us to be with this ra radical hospitality. Where did it happen? Where did it happen? Did it happen when he came up on the stage and said, let me try it? Did it happen when he's eaten a whole bunch? Did it happen at the first one? When did it happen? Did it happen when he said, you try some too? When did it happen? We love God because God first loved us. Jesus sat in the middle and said, come closer. It started happening then. The radical hospitality, the at its root, at its center, at its core hospitality is the hospitality of the God who says, come closer, who says every day, always, I am with you. Who says, shake your head and close your mouth, that's all good. Who says, question what it tastes like, that's fine. Who says, it's all right, say you don't think you like it, no problem. Pass it on, take, eat, or pass it on. God loves you anyway, God who first loved us. And then, what about the hospitality of the sticking with it-ness, as our Little selves sat there, even shaking their head. Some little part said, maybe. I'll check it out later. Even saying, mm-mm, I don't like it. Some little part saying, maybe I could. Even in the midst of the resistance and the no, 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 and the not for me, some part saying, I could open that door. I could let the strange thing in. I might discover something. I don't know if I'll like it, but I can let it in. You see, this is our story, and the stranger is God. And what we do here is we do the practice of radical hospitality with God who first welcomes us, and we let it in.
We let it in as best we can as we are. All good with it or not so much, but we draw closer. And when we're ready, we try it out. And maybe after a little while, by giving of ourselves just as we are, providing the food and the washing and the welcome of us all that we have to give ourselves, we will come to discover God's all in me. I know God's name now. In me. In me. Already. We experience this good news as an experience of God welcoming all that is within us. This is not just some idea about God loves us all, so come on in. It is an experience of welcoming the stranger that is God in our lives. This is a practice. Radical hospitality is a practice. The story I told you began with the children showing up and then drawing near and then passing the plate, having their responses, but staying in the game. And when some of them were ready, stepping on up a little further. It's a practice. We show up here during this time, and we worship, and we sing, and some of us are feeling empty, and some of us are feeling confused, and some of us aren't sure, and some of us don't like it, and some of us used to like it, but we don't know if we do anymore, and some of us want to like it, but we're not sure how. The practice begins with radical, radical hospitality. It is recognizing that God is a stranger at our door, and that's okay. What is required is simply that we open it and that we allow in this stranger and that we take time to bathe the feet and share what we have. You see, here we go is the connection to the scripture. It's short and sweet. The scripture, the parable that was shared, is often used to talk about how Jesus is trying to say rich people are on the wrong path because they're placing faith in possessions. That may or may not be something that Jesus is talking about. But what I'm most interested in is at the very end. Jesus doesn't just talk to the one who's seeking worldly goods. Jesus talks to everyone gathered there, indicating that he thinks this is something we all need to understand. And he says something very interesting. He says, don't put your trust there. Be rich towards God. There's all sorts of greed, he says. Be rich towards God. What is it to be rich towards God? The superficial sermons say, give to the church. That's not the point. Being rich toward God is giving of our riches to God. And what are the riches that all of us share equally? this day, our attention, our willingness, our lives, rich or poor, young or old, churched, unchurched, you all, we all can give God this day our riches. We have an abundance, an equal abundance, all of us, of attention and time and space in our hearts and our lives, we can all give it. And this is what Jesus says. Even this night, your very life is being asked of you. It's our lives. It's us as we are. 
It's shaking our heads and passing and coming back. It's not being sure, but opening the door anyway and giving what we have to give, which is who we are authentically and discovering the amazing truth. The already in us God has welcomed us completely as we are already. Our very life is being asked. The stranger is God. The practice is this, Sabbath or prayer or journaling or listening or spending time walking in nature. It is making a commitment to give what you each have, time, attention, willingness, an open heart to welcome the stranger who is God so that once inside you will know and you will say, I know this one, all in me, my friend. Amen. Amen.